Okay, it's a start. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not. It is, uh, what is it? It's a Tuesday, I know that. And it's August the something ninth. It's about quarter to three in the afternoon. Still time for me to do my grocery shopping. Uh, but right now I'm at uh, Thompson Park. There seem to be a lot of people here today. It's a little overcast and cooler than it's been, which is really nice, let me tell you. So this is going to be a bit of a ramble, and that's okay because it's the Dixon Janes podcast, and I do ever whatever I want on this podcast. Oof. Um, so, yeah, I'm sitting here in my car. I was going to go, as I usually do, and have a nap after lunch. I always like to have a nap. Lunch was just a banana milkshake with a bit of blueberry jam tossed in. Uh, but I thought, no, Ken, no, you don't need a nap. Drive to a little park, bring your books... And uh, bring your podcasting gear, which is what I'm holding in my hand, my Olympus LS10, and um, record a little bit. So, this is where we're at. Now you're right up to date. You are right up to this moment now. That bell signifies that moment is now gone. That, That moment, that was there, where I rang the bell, and leading up to it, that's gone. This is now. We're in the present. And we're going to continue to be in the present unless you push the fast-forward button. In which case, anyway, 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 calm down. Calm down. There's just so much to digest. There's just so much going on in my head. Oh, my God, my head. And I guess this is why I have to podcast. It's too... To flush, flush, flush all the crap out. Uh, you know, I just, I just, I need, I need to get rid of it. It's got to go somewhere. I can't leave it there in my head. It'll be too full. I'll explode. I've got to let it out. I've got to let it out. I've got to let it out. And the only way to do that, that I've found, is by speaking these words. Now, when I say these words... I don't know what words until I speak them. Like, I didn't know I was going to say that. Anyway, anyway, you, you, you've been around. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, all right. So you're growing, imp- you're growing impatient, are you? Well, fuck you. Fuck you. This is me, this moment, this is where I'm at. A little bit spinny, a little bit spinny, but that's, you know, so what's so good about you? What are you doing? Asshole, you're listening to a podcast. You're listening to this podcast? Yeah. What's that make you? Bigger asshole than me. At least I'm making the podcast. You're fucking just listening. All right, all right, okay, all right. Enough. Retake. Start over. Let's have a fresh start, okay? I forgive you. You forgive me. We're even. I've got three books beside me. Um, The first one that I picked up, and it was on a rack, as you entered the bookstore, this is the uh, Juniper, I believe, or Jupiter, Juniper, Jupiter Bookshop. What is it? Juniper's Books. In, um, uh, not Kingston, but in uh, Windsor, Windsor, Ontario. And it was right across the street from where we had lunch, and when the uh, gang, that would be Shane and Lauren and Tom announced, oh, there's a bookstore across the street, but it's closed. And then, this is after breakfast, after brunch on the Sunday while I'm waiting to get dropped off at the train station to go home. They said, oh, it's open now. Do you want to go? And I said, do I want to go to a used bookshop? I had no idea how good this bookshop was. I'm telling you, one of the best in Canada, I'm, I kid you not, and believe me, 
I mean, there's a few in Vancouver. All right, so there, it's within the top 10 guaranteed of used bookshops in Canada. And believe me, I have visited many from uh, coast to coast. Uh, it was just a wonderful bonus on top of what was a fabulous visit to Windsor. Now, I already talked about that, you know, in the previous podcast. This is sort of a recap, and moving on, moving forward. But I just, I just need to say, God damn how good it was to get back, see my friends, and just spend some glorious time in Windsor and have so many new experiences. There's always the repeats. Of course, you're always going to go to the Fog Lounge. Uh, maybe a place like the old, um, what was it, something house, the Windsor House, or, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't it. But anyway, you know, Victoria, Victoria Tavern. Uh, now, I didn't get back to Brown's or the International this time on Drillard. In fact, I never even got to Drillard. This is the only trip I've made where I've never gone on that part in Ford City. But that's okay, because I was busy every other time. As you could hear if you went backwards and listened to the podcast I just put out. But we're here now. So, across the street, there's a, uh, you know, a stand outside the store uh, by the door of books that they're sort of giving away for a buck or something. And the first thing I see immediately, it's a Signet $2.25 Canadiana called the Corvette Navy. True Stories from Canada's Atlantic War, James B. Lamb. Uh, The enthralling epic of the most gallant World War II fleet ever to battle desperately at sea. Superb, terrifying, hilarious, and tragic. Montreal Gazette. Uh, Do you want the back? Okay. All right. From the Hamilton Spectator. Excellent. Fascinating. Takes you back to World War II, to the screaming, freezing wastes, and the days when death lurked under the sea in the North Atlantic. The Corvette Navy. Des for Canadians what Montserrat's classic, The Cruel Sea, did for the British Navy. That's from the Calgary Herald. Now, I picked that, like, right away. I had that in my hand, walked through the door, walked up to the guy behind the cache, said, hold this for me. I'm not done. And then continued to browse through that store. By God, two floors, uh, everything perfectly organized by, you know, alphabetically for the fiction literature. And then all the specialty sections of the history and the history broken down to America, World War II, World War One, World, whatever, you know. The way bookshops are supposed to be, and classics, and then all these little extra treats that have you know, a little revolving stand or something. That's where I picked up this um, second book. Uh, Go see the movie in your head by Dr. Joseph E. Shore. A psychologist shows the way to look inside your most secret self. Aha. This would be a uh, popular library nonfiction book for dollar ninety-five. That was another one he charged me a buck for. And uh, know yourself for the first time. Now you've heard me on this podcast struggle with knowing myself. It, it's something that just keeps disappearing. You squeeze it and it pops up over there. Who am I? And I, I'm working on that. I believe it or not. It may not sound that way sometimes on this podcast, but I am working on discovering who I am, you know, what makes me me, um, how will I, can I change and be better, and uh, am I really being redefined in every new moment, with every new podcast? Probably not, but anyway, I thought, all right, come on, what what do you got to lose? Pick it up, give it a try, who knows, you might be in for a surprise, maybe there is something to this guy's new theory, unleash the power of your own mental energy. Know yourself for the first time. Now, come on. Okay, I'm, I'm being a bit loud. I got all the windows down. There's a car park with windows open beside me. He thinks, uh-oh, I got a crazy in the park here. And I know I sound that way. Unleash the power of your own mental imagery. Understand what has been holding you back or making you anxious or interfering with your sleep patterns. Oh, I don't have that problem. God damn, maybe this is not the book for me. 
Dr. Joseph Shore's fantastic success with his patients can be duplicated by you, yourself, in the privacy of your home. All you have to do is learn this new, all bold letters, capital letters, sorry, effective technique and use it to clarify yourself to yourself. Now, there you go. That's what I want to do. I want to clarify myself to myself. That's what I'm aiming for. How could I not pick up this book and change your world? Exclamation mark. It's so simple. Go see the movie in your head. God damn, eh? We all need desperately to make contact with ourselves and others. Okay. I have found Dr. Shore's book, A Way to Do That. Mm. A way to realize that I am human, that I can love myself and others. Now, I want that part. That I can love myself and others. It is not a book to be read like a novel. (laughs) Of course not but one to become a part of your life like other Bibles of the world. That was by Robert Blake. Who was Robert Blake? Not Robert Blake, the actor. I wonder who that is. Anyway, we're going to work on that. Stay tuned. If you listen to the Dixon James podcast, if you are a regular subscriber, uh, you'll be hearing a little more from this book. Now, the last book I picked up, and it was another one. I believe it was in the outside stand. Yes, it was. It was again. Uh, I paid for those two. I walked out and said, ah, one more. This is by Great Pan Publishers. That's a British uh, publication. It's got 50 cents sticker on the outside. It's called The Last Enemy by Richard Hillary, RAF. Acclaimed a classic of the air war. The Testament of one of the few. Now, this is all about, and I'm not joking now, this is all about uh, the battle over Britain, the people flying the Spitfires. And I'm finding it really engaging because he's coming right out of university, you know, at the time of World War II, 1940, and uh, he's got to do something, and he chooses. chooses. These are intellectuals. These are bright people who are in the highest educational, you know, universities across Britain. And uh, they're young men. They've got to enlist or be drafted. And he decides to enlist in the uh, in the um, Air Force because he's already flown some and thinks that would be exciting. So I'm going to uh, read just what's on the back. You all know the quote, Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few by Winston Churchill. And that really does capture it, like they saved Britain to a large degree. Shot down and horribly burned during the Battle of Britain, Richard Hillary, that's the author, began the long period of plastic surgery and slow convalescence during which he wrote this famous book. Now, the book opens up with his crash, and the burns and and being rescued. And then you get into the story leading up to that. Uh, Here, in vivid words, he tells of his experiences in the turmoil of 1940 and, with passion and urgency, expresses the mood of all those young men of the lost generation. And below that it says, The Last Enemy was published in 1942. Six months later, on January 7th, 1943, Richard Hillary, the author, now returned to active service, was killed when his plane crashed while landing at an airfield near Berwick. How tragic. I mean, that's this young man I'm going to be, I'm reading about now of his friends and his, his you know, uh, his whole life up to that point. And then suddenly, you know, the book is published and he's dead. He's gone. He didn't make it through the war. He's gone by January 1943. I mean, that's just... I mean, I'm, I'm treating this with reverence. I made fun of the, um, the book uh, by the psychologist. This book is... You know, this is... It's holy in a way. I mean, I owe this man respect. We all do. 
Uh, because believe me, if uh, if Germany had beat out England and taken over, uh, that war that war would not have turned around um, the way it did. Never. In the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few, indeed. Now, the Corvette Navy, it is because, as I was explaining to Tom at the door, and Tom acted like he had never heard this before, uh, and probably the same would be true of many of you, my father was involved in the building of Corvettes while he was Marine Industries in Sorel, where he worked, in fact, was the manager of the shipyard there, was one of the Canadian companies building the Corvettes. So, I mean, that's what screamed out to me, oh my God. That's my father's world there. Uh, and interestingly enough, today there was an article published about a woman who was, I think, 101, and there was some award given something about she was, uh, I think, in Ottawa, uh, involved in code-breaking, translating messages and, and typing them up and sworn to secrecy, and her family never knew about a two-year period of her history, her children and grandchildren, I guess, didn't know anything about what, what was going on during those two years because she could never reveal it. Well, my father took that same uh, oath of secrecy and never revealed what he was doing for part of his time during the war. And I've mentioned before, all my mother knew was that she could call a number in Montreal and they would get a message relayed to my father, but she couldn't ever reach him directly. And... Uh, to this day, of course, we don't know what it was, but, um, and again, I'm not building up James Bond type things. No, he wasn't parachuted over France. Uh, but you know, he was a Morse code operator, ham radio operator. So possibly in the relaying of messages and so on. But, uh, I would like to find that out. But meanwhile, I owe him my reading of this classic. So there you go. You see, you, you listen to the podcast, and we get into more serious things. I have to sort of just express the the pent up feelings sometimes in the beginning to get to where I want to get to, and often that is a more serious place. So, speaking of more serious things, my wife, uh, I got home yesterday. I got home Sunday, and Alka was kind enough to pick me up at the train station. Was not feeling well, so I had some of the leftover pizza that. Um, Lauren had kindly packed for me from their very successful Rally in the Alley party. First of what will be an ongoing annual event. And um, then last night I thought, okay, now I've got to make supper for her. But then I saw two different fish. And I'm not good at cooking fish in the uh, fridge. And, and, you know, and I sort of sheepishly said, I, I, I saw the fish, so I didn't make supper. And she said, no problem, and she was feeling better. Clearly, this was Monday, and battered up this big piece of uh, tilapia, I guess, and fried it, and oh, God, it was so good. And then had, you know, um, broccoli heads with kind of a mayo sauce of some sauce of some kind. And uh, I cooked up one of these instant Uncle Ben-flavored rices. And that was my job, you know, two minutes, 30, 90 seconds in the microwave was my job. But we had a lovely uh, meal together. My son was still out. Ah, so tonight, uh, I, you know, I owe it. I said, I'll, I'll make a stir-fry of some kind. So uh, I don't have a recipe, but I am going to go grocery shopping and pick up some chicken, which is always a good base. So that's what I'm doing next. I'm, I'm going to try and do something productive and be considerate and more appreciative of... of um, my wonderful wife, Naoko, who, to who I owe so much. Scarborough Dude, signing out from uh, this wonderfully, pleasantly cool day here in uh, Thompson Park. Bye for now. Check, check. <clears throat> Bit of a wind, sheltering it with a book. And the book is... Um, the Last Enemy, Richard Hillary. Today is August the 10th, 2022. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon, and uh, I'm at uh, Buffers Park. I just read a passage in the book that is The Last Enemy, Richard Hillary, um, and it was 24 of us flew south 
that 10th day of August 1940, so coincidentally the same day, of those 24, eight were to fly back. Like, that's just incredible. These are pilots, young men coming out of universities and colleges, signed up for the Air Force, were trained, and uh, this was, of course, 1940, the time of the uh, Germans with the very strong Luftwaffe flying over England and uh, trying to bomb it into surrender. And these guys would go up in their Spitfires and take on the Messerschmitts and the... uh, other bombers and so on, and uh, some would not come back, quite a number. Uh, Very startling. But uh, I'm glad that I picked out the book. I still feel, you know, even at my age, I was born in 1948, after the war, but of course it was a war, my father's war. And I feel that sense of owing something, because the bad guys did not win. Uh, they certainly caused a hell of a, a lot of pain and suffering and murdered far too many people. But uh, anyway, here we are, and uh, we end up with people like Trump. All right, that, that we is a big we. I guess I'm including the whole Western world. Um, the other book I read a passage from, and this is that crazy psychology book that I I had to buy almost for fun. Go see the movie in your head. And he did a little experiment right at the beginning and I tried it and I'm going to tell you. Here he is. He wants you to to listen to this so I'm going to ask you the same thing he asked me. Uh, all All you have to do is be sure you're comfortably seated, sit back, relax, and let the movie inside your head unfold before you. Trust your flow of imagery. It will open the door to your private theater. So you just have to follow the instructions, okay? Sit back comfortably. I want you to do this yourself now. Here's the instructions. Imagine walking up to a fence. There is a ladder leaning against it. Climb the ladder and look over the fence. What do you see? What do you do? What do you feel? Okay. You've done that? Because I want to tell you what happened to me. I could not see over the fence. I I stubbornly had to know, well, what kind of fence? And I was seeing sort of just planks... Uh, I could. I wanted to know what kind of ladder. I couldn't really properly envision why there'd be a ladder there anyway. Um, it was just f- pure resistance on my part. No, I can't do that. I don't know what, what kind of fence you're talking about. Why? Um, it, what about the ladder? What do you mean, climb the ladder and look over? What do you think? And so I, I kept pushing myself, and all I could see was the front yard of the Simpsons. And, you know, maybe Homer, maybe Bart was out there, but it was the, the Simpsons, sort of the front yard. It was a, a comic scene when I finally did picture a yard. And then I got back after that. I got back to, um, what's the guy who sells propane? Hank Hill, King of the Hill. Is it King of the Hill? Anyway, you know the show I mean, Hank Hill. And him and his buddies leaning against a fence in the back alleyway. And that was the next image I got. But it was just like, it was just simply, no, I can't do that. So I don't think I'm going to make a lot of progress with that book, but I thought I'd share that with you. Maybe you had a a better experience than I did. Maybe you could envision, do exactly what he told you to do. And for me, anybody tells me to do anything, and it's just a minute now. What? Why? Okay, Um, I'm going to um, not spend too much time there. I was actually on my way home. Um, I have one errand to do today, buy clips, you know, plastic clips at a Dollar Tree or Dollar Store for, um, you know, closing down the cereal when you open. Of course, cereal bags as yet do not have uh, sealable, you know, things the way you can buy nuts and other goodies that will have, uh, you know, tear here and then reseal here. Uh, That's not the case with cereal bags. It wouldn't cost them a whole... Well, it would cost money to do it, yeah, I suppose. But uh, they'd pass that on to the consumer. But anyway, they don't. 
and maybe they want you the sale the cereal to go bad sooner. I don't know. But uh, I bought clips and uh, decided I'm just going to spend a little more time reading. So I don't have a whole lot more to share with you. I know the uh, Anthony has um, finalized the um, uh, plan, the schedule, you know, where we're meeting and eating and drinking and talking for our weekend in Hamilton. And I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I wasn't in the beginning. I don't know why. Again, maybe some resistance, some stubbornness. I don't know. Some rebellion. But uh, now I'm quite happy about the whole thing. look forward to seeing people and uh, glad this thing is happening. So I don't know if this podcast will be finished before then. I doubt it. This might be an introduction to the uh, MMPR. I have not missed one of them, right, going back to the very beginning. And um, I'm sure a good time will be had by all. Look forward to seeing um, people. And uh, engaging in conversation and uh, maybe getting a bit of a buzz on. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, Bluffers Park on this beautiful day. Things to do. Things to do. Bye for now. Uh, Yeah. This is another one of those times when it it feels like cheating. Turning on the... um, recorder uh, feeling the need to say something but having kind of a lingering you know doubt like uh, why well I'll tell you why I've just just within two minutes finished listening to the latest uh, recording from my friend Kenneth who I've mentioned several times on you know, several episodes. He, he's the one who was, who did walk uh, the Appalachian Trail, uh, got, you know, 90% there towards his goal of Maine, and then uh, reached, I guess, reached the Canadian border, and then decided instead of walking back, he'd walk Highway 1, and it was, I mean, it was miserable walk. I mean, and every day, even though he'd be seeing positive things, it was brutal. It was just hot sun walking along the side of a highway. And then just more recently, sort of, it's like he forgave the trail and went back to it. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't think anybody I know or who listens to this podcast also listens to Kenneth. But I've been concerned. Uh, I was worried but there was a period when he didn't put out any recordings and I was really genuinely worried something had happened to him, something bad. There was, you know, he was meeting strange people. I mean, he was sleeping in parks and dugouts and behind churches and anything could have happened. But uh, actually, it turned out something quite wonderful happened, but uh, that's uh, to be revealed in time. But anyway... Today's episode, um, I, I won't even go into where he was, but it was a place of comfort off the trail, off the road, and he was giving himself, allowed himself to have a, a few days of being in relative comfort for a change, uh, instead of some dark basement at a hostel in 80 degree heat, you know, uh, at a, a, a friend's mother's house let's put it okay ex-girlfriend's mother's house damn it i can't keep secrets but that wasn't the secret that's out there and she offered him his bike and said hey you can stay here and he he i was just as i'm listening i mean you know sometimes i'll watch a movie and i don't care what happens to the characters and i stop watching the movie but in this whole saga i genuinely care what's happening to kenneth i don't know why we have a history, but I just care about this one individual and his life and what's happening and, and his well-being uh, and even the state of his mental health. And, and you know, I, so I've been concerned. And then today, I felt this incredible relief when he decided, yeah, he could give himself a few days. Uh, is the word respite? Just, you know, just... Yeah, take it easy. I don't have to be going. But meanwhile, he just borrowed 
the mother's bike and, you know, pedals off 30 miles and felt how great it was to be on a bike again. And as he's talking, he's talking about how much easier it is from hiking this Appalachian Trail or walking along the roadside, this freedom. And I felt it. I felt elated. I thought, yes, yes, yes. This is so much better. And then he mentions he's got his bike. It's boxed up. It's at his, at his folks' home. It could be sending, sent to him. And as I'm listening, I'm, I'm just so engaged. Yes, yes, get the bike, get the bike. And I'm just so relieved that he decided, okay, I'm sending for my bike. I'm going to ride to Key West now. Uh, it, like, the wonder is that he's open to the change. This is the part I'm celebrating. He makes a plan. And some people make a plan and they feel they have to stick to it. And, and you know, sometimes that's a good thing, but sometimes it's not. And the fact that he was open to letting this, shedding some of this burden that he's he's put on himself to take a bike. It's not that it's going to be easy. He's going to be riding miles and miles. And he's already ridden across the country. I mean, he's done all this shit before, but oh, I just felt good. And I guess that's what prompted me to uh, to share that with you. I, I had to find a release. I, I sent him a message right away saying how relieved I was and uh, how happy it made me. And now I'm telling the world. And, and I guess what I'm getting at is uh, I have my own world. I have my own wife and children. And why is it that I'm so touched by Kenneth's story? Uh, you know, in, in some ways, a, a relative stranger, somebody I've connected with, I've met once. You know, here's my son. is He's just driven to uh, Calgary from Vancouver. Probably his long first solo trip in his car. But I'm not as worried um, and, and maybe, maybe I was worried about Kenneth's mental state or what he was doing to himself, the punishment he was giving himself, which it seemed to me. Um, and I'm, I don't feel that way. And, and maybe I should be worried about my son who's living with us and not working, but I, I'm not, it's not that I don't care, but I want him to arrive at what's right for him and maybe this period of just downtime is what he needs <sighs> boy life is never easy so back to this book go see the movie in your head I'm thinking it's going to be a complete bust and, and absolutely uh, I can't say a waste of time nothing's a waste of well yes some things are a waste of time uh but I, I, I think it's because I still feel I need guidance. I need an answer. I need, uh, I need fixing. I need to find, you know, this secret for my own mental well-being and mental health. And I don't know where the answer is. And, and here, picking up a book like this is maybe grasping at straws. But I'm, sometimes. It in itself isn't the answer, but it leads to something else that will point you in their direction. Like, what is it about myself that I have to fix? And, and clearly, that's what this podcast has been about. I think if I had ever found the answer, I wouldn't be podcasting. Or would I? Maybe I'd want to share that with you. Uh, and it's a secret I keep in the back of my mind. There's not a day goes by that I think, okay, Ken, are you going to write again? Um, are you going to tell your story? And then my answer is always, well, I have nothing to, I don't have an answer. I don't have, I can only write about the stuff that I'm troubled by, but I need to find an end to it. It's like the book I just finished reading, The um, the Last Enemy, um, that as he finishes the book, he doesn't know that he's going to die in another plane crash in the not-too-distant future. But he has arrived at a, at a point at the end of that book where he's 
he realizes why he is fighting in World War II, why he is committed to shooting down Nazi, you know, the Luftwaffe, Nazi planes over England. He describes uh, being in London and the bombing and, and, you know, digging to pull out first a baby or a young child, sorry, and, and who's dead and then reaching the mother who dies in front of him. Uh, he is completely disfigured uh, by the, the burns he suffered when his plane crashed and was trapped. Couldn't get out of his harness and uh, and burns to his hands and his face and, and just was months and months and months in hospital with, you know, what the best they could do in 1940 for grafting, you know, a new nose and lips and so on, the horror of it. And the dying words in his story of this woman he tried to rescue with a couple of others, pull her out from the rubble, you know, of the house that was destroyed next to the bar he was in, uh, where I see they got you too. And it just it, it just drove him crazy. Like why did why is why why were those her last words? Why did they give that to him? And and uh, but it, it he's reflecting on the goodness of other people who are doing good for goodnesses, say for 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 the for the right reasons. And he was all along was fighting back and saying, "I'm I'm going to just look after me. I'm going to do what's good for me. I'm going to come out a winner." And, and challenging his friends who had religious views or Christian views or anybody else thinking they were doing something noble, he'd make fun of them. And then he's finally come around to, you know, as they've all died and he's the only one left as original, original squadron, um, coming around to the, to being a better person. So that was a story he left behind. And, <laughs> I guess I, I suppose I was what I was reaching for there was I I don't have a message. I, you know I don't have I haven't arrived at a point in life where I can say ah now I know what what the message is I want to share. Uh, so far my message is just you know don't be too hard on yourself. You know everybody has their problems, um, but surely there's a there's a way past that. Surely I can find a way of reaching this kind of equilibrium or something uh, that I'm not at the state yet I feel I should be at. Maybe this should be at is the problem. Maybe it's, no, no. Stop. Stop measuring. Get back to the present moment. Uh, and and that gets me to where I am. I'm on my deck. It is another perfect day. Clouds in the sky, but they're light and fluffy and there's blue all around. The temperature is just right. I'm in the recliner. I've got my books, my uh, podcasts, my iPhone beside me, and now the recorder in my hand. And this is exactly where I want to be now. And there's I, I've stopped communicating temporarily with uh, Barnacle Bill because we've had another spat over him, you know, calling me the laziest person he's ever met and, and you know, why haven't I done my deck yet and why, I'm, why aren't I making my son do it and, and things that I'm thinking is none of your fucking business. You know, I'm not going to start now when I'm heading off tomorrow for uh, uh, MMPR in Hamilton. I'll do that when I come back. I'll do it on my time, thank you. And so there's, a, there's always a little guilt of, well, I guess I should be doing things, but hey, I had one thing to do, pay my wife's dental bill by phone, I did that, open up the invoice for our car insurance, I haven't done that, I haven't paid it, but I've opened it, um, you know, I can allow myself to just enjoy this perfect afternoon out on the deck and not be nagged by... What should I be doing? What's more productive? What's What do I have to do tomorrow? Well, tomorrow I've got to drive myself to Hamilton, but I don't have to do that until arrive in mid-afternoon. I've got the whole morning if I decide I need to get more beer or something else or whatever. Or what do I need to pack? What clothes do I need to bring? I don't have to worry about any of that until tomorrow. So today is my day. Read a little of this book. Start on the new book now that i finished the other one. Start on the Corvette Navy think about my own dad 
who wanted to join the Navy but couldn't. He had uh, uh, health reasons. Uh, he had pneumonia at one point. So anyway, um, there we are. There we are. So I'm going to close now. I was a little concerned that this is going to be really... It won't finish until partway through Hamilton, so that'll probably be... It's going to be disjointed, but hey, a lot of the podcasts are. This is where I'm at now, on my deck on Thursday afternoon, August 11th. This is uh, Dixon Jane's episode 907, I suppose. And... um, I want to just get back to my current state of contentment and leave the nagging behind. Scarborough dude, doing the best he can for now, I'm telling you. This is the best I got. Be here now. Enjoy it. Get back to the books. Shut that damn fucking recorder off. Bye for now. Check, check. I'm probably going to have to talk quietly because there are people seated behind me talking loudly. Um, I'm at a Starbucks. I'm never at a Starbucks, or so seldom. Uh, right on King Street, a couple of blocks uh, west, east, I guess, of um, James, where I'm heading. Because the next destination, after walking down James Street, will be the One Duke. The uh, One Duke. Uh, this is a tradition, a MMPR tradition. And yes, folks, here I am in Hamilton and uh, very, very happy about it. Uh, it's been a great start already, and, and I think that's why I wanted to ditch the people I was walking with politely, very politely. Mark uh, Sheen from Out West and uh, your friend and mine, John Meadows, and say, no, you folks go on ahead of me. I need to sit down. I, the thing is, we were walking along the street, and I'm, you know, I'm poking along with the cane. I'm feeling a little bit tired, and uh, and then I see these seats, empty seats, right on the sidewalk, right on this lovely wide boulevard. I think, fuck, I want to sit there, but I, I don't want to make a fuss and have everybody's got to sit and have coffee. So I'll just say, you guys go on ahead, and um, they did, you know, with some, you know, jokes about me not wanting to keep their company and it's not that but it's just that <laughs> I would rather be here alone right now than uh, continuing to walk along this street uh, keeping up with the others so I, I will eventually catch up I didn't have a coffee with my meal we are coming from the oh god I've already forgotten the name of the restaurant oh the Black Forest now first of all hats off to Anthony Marco for organizing this as well as he does every year uh, well, with the exception of SARS years, or COVID years, sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, well done, sets it out, here it is, and it's it's just kind of loosey-goosey. Yeah, you want to be there, be there. So well, some people have already left for Guelph. They had dinner, we met up. They are tired, they've been up since 6 this morning. These are the Ohio group who are staying with uh, uh, with uh, that big fellow, the tall fellow who's taller every time I see him, Mr. Oliver Rockside. Um, and I guess with him they took uh, the quiet one, uh, the fellow from the Maritimes, from uh, Halifax, Steve Cloutier. So they've gone. They've already left. Uh, Anthony went home to deliver some food, but kindly uh, he first of all dropped Dave off to uh, either maybe pick up Isabel or uh, do something or other at their place, and then was going to drop... Um, MMD off at his usual place, which is the uh, the college, the university. Can't remember which one. Way up on the hill, way away from everybody else. I think the reason I'm I'm podcasting now was I wanted to capture that little bit of it. We were sitting in this restaurant, two tables, one circular table and one uh, that seated six. We we're all conversing, two two tables, you know, many sets of conversations going on. Uh, I was initially not very happy when I looked to see, okay, I need a really good beer now. What do they have? Oh, they only have one kind of beer, and uh, gosh, it's $9 a glass. Um, but it was a special place. It was a, a, a schnitzel house, I guess. 
Bavarian style, or I don't know, German style. Um, I thought it was so-so. But Mark was sitting beside me. Mark said, well, if you're going to have a black beer and I'm going to have a black beer, let's get one of those great big things. So he got a great big thing, and it turned out to be a good choice. We, we, uh, we all got maybe two glasses out of it. And we got to keep the glass, apparently. That surprised me. Um, so we're sitting there going on. Everybody's together. We had, shall I, I guess I have to go through. Candace was there. And uh, then Dave Broadbeck, not Isabel. And then... Um, do, you, do I need to go through the list of names? No, I don't need to go through the whole list of names. I could do it. I could do it. It would be a test, but I could do it. But why waste good audio space? The point I wanted to make, it was so nice to see MMD come in, and I thought, aha, now it's complete. Uh, he had his suitcase with him, full beard now, big hat, and uh, it just seemed... You know, you know, he. Everybody came from different places at different times, and uh, he came. And I thought that that sort of captures the picture. Aha! We're here. We're here for the weekend. It's it is starting. Uh, by then, of course, it was ending. Everybody had already eaten, and he was too late. And uh, that's it. But we will meet again at the one Duke. As, as half of us, I suppose. Now, is there somebody missing? Well, of course, the person missing is uh, our dear friend Michael. And unfortunately, Michael was not able to make it this year. First time he's missed, and I think he's vowing not to miss again. So, uh, Michael, if you're listening to this, and I'm sure you will be, um, it's too bad you're not joining us. I'd be very happy if you... if yeah, I'd be quite happy to be not talking, but having you sitting across from me right now, having a coffee with me and catching up. But it's not to be. Anyway, that's just a little bit of an introduction. It's getting kind of noisy here. There are articulated buses, articulated buses turning the corner, and uh, a lot of people. But I, it's nice to be back in the Hammer. Uh, I, it's got character, this city. It's like the, the way I rave about Windsor. I also have many nice things to say about Hamilton, some of the older edifices, and uh, just some character, you know. It's not all new. It's not Toronto. So uh, that's it. Scarborough Dude signing out. I'm going to finish this coffee. I'm going to be on my way, and I'm going to uh, get another beer at the One Duke. And I think before I do any of that, I'm going to have a toke, too. But I won't right here, right now, at this table. That would be rude. I had a lovely encounter with the woman selling the coffee. She noticed my bag and said, oh, it's a nice bag. And, of course, I gave her the story. Oh, I got that in 1981 in Nigeria. It was hanging on my wall till this time, and now suddenly I have the perfect size bag to carry. I'm thrilled that uh, I thought of that. I'm feeling on top of the world, boys and girls, and it's not dope talking because I haven't had any yet. It's just, it's good to be here. It's good to be joining this. And I know, I, I think I was a little, you know, I don't know, so-so about the whole thing for some reason. You know, maybe my feelings were hurt or something or whatever, or, you know, I don't know, something childish. But whatever it was, it's gone, and I'm, uh, I'm just very happy to be here with my friends and feeling on top of things. And it's just nice to be a part of this group. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, Starbucks on King. King and uh, looks like, was that Elizabeth? No, John Street. John Street. Bye for now. Well, this is uh, a little weird. It is exactly midnight. So it's just turned into Friday, turned into Saturday, the 13th of August, and I am lying in a cell, the back of the road trick. I didn't make up the whole bed. Hang on, if I got this turned up too loud, just a sec. But where are we at? Yeah, it should be okay. Yeah, I'm lying in the back. I didn't make up the bed. I could sleep on the diagonal, and it's just easier and roomier. And uh, it's still comfy and cozy, so we're good in that respect. But I'm only recording now because I need to say, while I'm feeling it, God damn, what a great start to uh, this little gathering in Hamilton MMPR. It's just, you know, I I seemed, and I I don't think it was real, but I, I mean, earlier on in the year... I was seeming a little indifferent about it, yeah, you know. And I don't know, my nose got out of joint for some reason or other, but God damn, 
I knew driving here. Yes, I don't really look forward to it. And it's just so nice to see all these good, fun people and connect. And, uh, you know, I I have an audience here, of course. I, I feel on top of my game today. I felt great. Um, it's, it's, it's gone smoothly. It's good. It's great to see Shane all the way up from fucking Vancouver flying in for this. For a weekend in Hamilton of what, you know? No, hang out with some other podcast. You know, we'll do a podcast thing. Great fun. Uh, John, MMD, who uh, he and I continue to get a little closer each time. I think that's good. He listens to me, and now he knows I listen to him, and that's a good thing. Uh, good talk with Anthony, because we get to do behind the scenes, you know, behind the curtains. When I drive home with Anthony at the end of the day, we get to sum it all up and uh, make our comments. Private conversation, which I will not share with you, the general listening public. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's between me and Anthony. Oh, yeah. We tell it like it is. And uh, anyway, teasing Mark, Mark, you know, Mark Blevis. You know Mark Blevis, don't you? Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Dave, of course, also always on top of his game. Uh, very nice to have a chance earlier, right upon my arrival, to talk with Jay. You know, some time between all the busyness. Just to, hey, she had never seen inside the road track she wanted it was just the per. <laughs> it's funny. I, I greeted her. I'd just taken my T-shirt off because it was all sweaty. <laughs> so I greeted her just bare-chested and sweaty. And, you know, she was quick to point out she seemed a lot worse in the job that she does as a nurse. <laughs> and so it became kind of a, kind of a, yeah, it was just a nice exchange. It was fun. It was a great start right there. And Anthony made sure I got plugged in. So Sal's got power, the microwave works, the lights work, can plug in my iPhone, just perfect, just perfect. And then the joy of having a lift, knowing Anthony's, you know, I'm parked at his house, of course I'm going to get a lift back, <laughs> and a lift down the hill or wherever the hell we're going, that's, that's a blessing in these days of, you know, walking make a lot more tiring. But today I did make that walk. I did walk from uh, the place where we had the schnitzels. Um, you know, Valerie, Valera, ha, 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 ha. And uh, then all the way down to the one Duke. And we got our regular spot out in the balcony. Excellent wait staff. A uh, young lady, she was she was great. She handled us really well, and uh, it was just all good. It was just all good conversations all around. Did I leave anybody out? Well, of course, sitting at the table with the first restaurant with uh, Stephanie and the big guy, her boyfriend, that guy, the Ohio people, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I already mentioned them. Uh, but they, of course, they cut out early. They were they were going back to Guelph. They had been up at six in the morning. They're not going to go out and drink it at the one Duke, you know. Hey, they've already had a full day. But also because, as Anthony and I discussed, this was part of our private conversation. I'm sharing with you now. I'm sharing a little bit. We talked about how nice it was that uh, they they have this. You know, they didn't need to be coming out there. They already have a thing going with. Uh, Mr. Oliver Rockfellow. Rockfellow? No. Mr. Goodfellow, Oliver Rockslide. Um, so they got a thing going there, you know, and, and that just brings joy to all of them. And, and the same for the uh, that lad who came all the way from uh, Nova Scotia, Mr. Steve Cloutier. I hear there's going to be a podcast between Steve and Dave tomorrow, a, a Man Man episode. I'm looking forward to that. So it was just all good. And and the other thing, Anthony, talked about how we don't know that whole other fucking world of people who have nominated each other for podcast awards. Because we are, there's something different about the way we do it. We, we're a self-selective group, but we have some different 
feelings about podcasting. It's it's we're not out here to make money. We're we're out here for the the jokes, the humor, and the friendship. It's not about how many listeners are monetizing. It's about what we've already got, what we've already achieved. We found the secret early on in the game. We got it, man. This is what it's about. This sharing, this caring, this having fun, this making friends, all that shit. Yeah. Anyway, my voice is going. I'm starting to sound like an asshole. I did I did provoke a couple of laughs tonight. Something about the Eatons, the old Eatons catalog. I'll just leave it at that. If you were there, you got it and you laughed. Scarborough Dude, signing out from Sal. Midnight on uh, Saturday morning. We've got a whole day ahead of us and another day after that. Bye uh, for now. Big gnome. Yeah, check, check, check. I'm back. It is about 11.30 p.m. on the Saturday night. I hear in Hamilton up on the hill. Uh, the party is just wrapped up. Anthony and I were the last two up. I think a child threw up somewhere in the house, and uh, that brought an end to the party. Uh, but uh, we were just sort of reviewing, going over the weekend, and uh, who talked to who and who didn't talk. And Well, everybody talked. It was a good time of sharing. Uh, I guess I got a couple of things to come clean about. I've enjoyed this one so much. I, I really felt I was in a good space for uh, pretty well all the time. Uh, today, I had only one beer, and that was with lunch um, at the place whose name I forget. An easy name to remember. Anyway, it, was, it worked out perfectly for our daytime podcasting and socializing. It was just the perfect place Anthony found. And um, then, you know, we made our way back towards Anthony's place, Anthony and uh, Jay's place for the barbecue. Or, well, except it's not a barbecue. It was different kinds of food this time. Anyway, 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 the whole point was the whole evening was spent in the backyard, nice weather, people talking uh, after an afternoon of doing live shows in front of a studio audience. Um... I took a cookie, or what was left of a cookie, maybe only a quarter at one point, and it really kicked in towards the end of the day, and I, I could not hold a, uh, a a straight train of thought. And unfortunately, that was the time uh, we were going to do a short episode of Gappage, and I pretty well hijacked it. Uh, that was commented on by MMD. Uh, that I, I guess I have a tendency tendency to do that. But today I, I just, I just, you know, I just ran with the, uh, with my mouth. I guess I had things in my head I wanted to get out. I think I was quite incoherent. I never finished the story. Uh, so for that, I apologize. I probably won't release it as a podcast. Maybe it'll be part of this podcast. I don't know. Maybe it started out as garbage and ended up a Dixon Jane's rant with guest uh, Brent just nodding his head in the background saying, fine, fine, that's okay, sure, go ahead. Uh, good to see Brent and Brandy again. It was all about the reconnecting and the, the friendships and having, you know, each time deepening the friendship. Like this time, I uh, I had more time to chance uh, to, to talk with Penelope and learn a little bit about more about her and her family and history and share more and uh, then uh, surprise surprise got to know Oliver much better who I've always said has been such a mystery to me and have a much better understanding of his background and we shared a lot of interesting talks along with Mark about uh, our flaws and whether we are we are supposed to basically it came down to a discussion on recognizing our flaws and either accepting them, that's who I am, or going about trying to find ways to change them. And I think I was on the change side, and Oliver might have been, uh, you know, a realist, uh, more realistic, and uh, no, this is who I am. Uh, needs a lot of 
time alone, which is, uh, you know, a characteristic and an important feature. But he was, uh, boy, sure open this weekend, which was nice. It was a treat. Uh, yeah, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful time. So I, I guess I don't have, I, I mean, I gushed about, I love Brent, Brent loves me, you know. I, 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 I couldn't hold back on that because I think it has to be said sometimes. And a lot of people won't say that or they're shy or they're, it, it's easier when you get older and you realize, no, this is what's important. We, we've got to care about each other. We've got to celebrate, cultivate, strengthen, deepen these friendships. Maybe I'm wrong on that too, but it, it sure it it gets that. That's the way it feels when I'm uh, <laughs> when I'm in the groove, when I'm high, when I'm uh, uh, running free. It just it it just had a great time. I'm sorry, I'm being incoherent again now, and uh, I've been straight for the better part of several hours, uh, but. Just had a good time. Glad to have been here. Glad to be part of this. We we talk a lot about the future, bringing other people in, widening the circle. Lots of stuff. I'm going to sign out. I'll, I'll have a better perspective when this is behind me. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm looking forward to breakfast. i got to set my alarm. Let's say for 9. i got to be ready by 9.30 to get back down the hill for 10 o'clock. All right, Scarborough Dude. Signing off on Saturday, August the 13th. Dixon Jane's podcast. Yeah. Bye for now.